Hello and welcome to the Landmark Theatre's Q&A podcast. Today we'll hear a Q&A with actor Annette Benning about her new film, Hope Gap, moderated by Scott Mance. This conversation was recorded at the Landmark in Los Angeles on the film's opening night. Good evening, ladies and gentlemen. Thank you so much for coming out to the Landmark tonight to see Hope Gap. What did you all think of the movie? Well, it is my absolute honor to welcome four-time Academy Award nominee, Annette Benning. <laughs> so good, exactly. Thank you for coming out tonight. Thank you. So I saw this film at the Toronto Film Festival back in September. I watched it again. Uh, just the other day, and I, I love the film even more the second time. Just the, the screenplay Thank by you. William Nicholson is just so exquisite and honest and intimate. And what was it like the first time you read it? I, I liked it very much. It was based on a play that Bill had written, um, and it was uh, so full of feeling, and as I just saw the very ending of the film again, I was thinking about Bill and how personal it was to him. Uh, so I liked it very much. I, I was concerned about the transition from the play into the film, mm -hmm. but we ended up working together very well. And at first I was reluctant to do it, mm -hmm. but, and I didn't, I, I thought it was so personal to him that I was reluctant to even say anything to him about it because I thought, well, if this is the thing he wanted to make, I, I just felt as an actress it was gonna be hard for me to make that much dialogue work on film. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. So uh, at first I, I didn't, and I didn't know him, so I, I was reluctant to call him up and say that. But so I, I, I turned it down actually at first and wow. then after about a week I thought about it, I thought that's crazy, just call him up and I, so I did, and I just said, look, I don't want to be presumptuous, but I just feel like there's no way that I can make it work as it is, mm -hmm. as it exists. Right. So he, he's a very gregarious, open, collaborative person, and he said, no, 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 I, I understand, and so we talked about it, and then we ended up making the movie together. Wow, that's fantastic. <laughs> you know, the, you. The, the collaboration that, that you have with William Nicholson, um, you know, you said you initially had those those reservations, and you, you know, you kind of talked it through. What was it about the the post conversations that you had that made you feel better? That made him feel better? Like, what were the uh, ways in which you each earned each other's trust? Wow, that's a great question. Well, he brought me a lot of photographs and talked to me a lot about his mother, and uh, so Bill, the Bill Nicholson, the writer director. He's the young man in the story, and this is very much the story of his parents. So, you know, he's now, I think, around 70 years old. Very, a very successful writer. He's written plays, many screenplays, novels, and this was something he really felt strongly that he wanted to direct. And he's a very effusive, articulate, eccentric kind of fellow and I think that that mental it's interesting when you really when you ask me that question I really think it came down a lot to that uh -huh. the about Bill and his his enthusiasm and his 
uh, sense of humor, and uh, he was so open to uh, to working together in a collaborative way that I just immediately felt of an affinity. And he also showed me the, the, the scenes that are in Seaford along the cliffs and that whole part of southern England, which is actually where he was li lived when he was a little boy. Mm -hmm. He also showed me a lot of that. And then he talked to me about his mother. And anyway, we <laughs> then just started working together. <laughs> <laughs> what were the questions that you, that you asked yourself? And uh, what were your points of connection for Grace? Well, I just felt an intuitive sort of uh, connection to her. Um, and when that happens, that's, that's more important than any kind of intellectual um, connection. I, I've, I, I sort of love how irrational she is. <laughs> <laughs> I love that about her. I feel like uh, I, I, I thought I can get behind that. <laughs> I like the fact that she, you know, she's sort of impossible. And she's so full of contradictions. And I also feel like in that, in the way that she reacts to him leaving her is sort of the thing about her that he probably originally loved. And I think I read that once, that the thing that breaks us up, like the thing that you in initially fall in love with someone for is the thing that drives, that ends up like driving you crazy. I don't know wow. if that's true or not, but I do think... <laughs> You beat me to it. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> That's funny. Um, anyway, so yes, I love I loved her for her reaction to the entire circumstance, and and I think there were many parallels. But it's not an exact story of his parents, but there are many things that are similar. So so. Um, the, her faith meant a lot to her, and that was a lot uh, had a lot to do with her experience of what it was like to suddenly be left. And I also love the story because, in a way, it's this big surprise for her, yeah, yeah, yeah. right? And and she's needling him, and she's sensing that something's wrong. And I think that that can happen to all of us in a way where we we feel like there's a crisis that comes on very quickly. But really, if we were able to look at it like we are able to look at a story like this, we can, as audience members, we can look and say, well, sure, there were, there were clear signs that there was something wrong. But sometimes we can't see what's right in front of us. So I sort of love that about that, too. And, uh, and, and Bill Nye is a wonderful man. And uh, he's not like this at all in real life. <laughs> he's a very witty, dapper sort of charming. Well, you've seen him in other movies. So he's often like that. So uh, I feel like after this movie, we need to, I think I mentioned this to you, Bill Nye and I need to do something very like Noel Coward or something <laughs> really fun. <laughs> and because we got it on very well and we just chatted and hung out all the time, even though we were in this miserable marriage <laughs> in the movie. <laughs> uh, or you could watch Love Actually. Um, That's right. <laughs> yeah, right? <laughs> I, you know, the scene the scene that you're talking about, the uh, where where he says he's leaving her, yeah. uh, it it does start off as a sort of sort of tiptoe kind of conversation before it sort of dives right in, and that's that. How many times did you film that scene, and did you did you sort of experiment with it? Did you have did William Nicholson sort of encourage, you know, try this, try that, you know, see what works, see what doesn't? Did you have that luxury making this film? Whoa. 
what we did was we had about a week of rehearsal before we started to shoot. So we were in London uh, rehearsing. And <laughs> what happened was Bill Nye is also um, very, um, well, Bill Nicholson basically, he's a very animated guy, right? And very, he. this was the story of his life in a way. So when we first sat down, what seemed to happen very organically was Bill Nicholson wanted to act it out for us, oh. like both parts. <laughs> <laughs> and I was completely down for that, and so was Bill Nye. So every time we would, I think we sort of did it scene by scene, I feel like, yeah, I think oh that's boy. how we did it. So Bill Nicholson would sort of play both of our parts <laughs> and you know, kind of talk back and forth as they would to each other, which was very helpful and very refreshing. And sometimes when someone does that, you can understand intuitively what they mean more than them explaining kind of mm -hmm. what they mean. Um, so that happened, and that was really funny. <laughs> and, and then we rehearsed, we got to know each other, we rocked through things, we were able to sort of um, do quite a bit of that, which was good. Mm -hmm. Very, very helpful. So that when we ended up doing it, Bill Nicholson said very little, and we just sort of did it as we had talked about. Um, yeah, I just, and, and we didn't have a lot of time, because of course it's an independent, sure, so, sure. you know, we, we couldn't shoot, we didn't do a huge amount of takes, mm -hmm. you know? Sure. We did our setups and shot it and got on with it. You know, uh, Grace is complex, and you know she's she's a little stubborn. Uh, uh, but throughout the whole course of this movie, you play her with with great empathy. Like you, you there's there's no like protagonist antagonist in this film. They're both antagonists. So what were the unique challenges for you and for Bill to sort of maintain that? So you don't turn on either one. Well, you know, I d that's not really, uh, once, uh, once the writing is there and once that's there, then, then I don't worry about that. Uh, that's not my job. I just play it in the way that I, as best I can, as truthfully as I can. So I don't have to worry about whether it's serious or funny or um, any of that. I just try to play the truth of it as I, as I see it. Um, and I think, th and I thought it was important that each of them had their, you know, that their. Uh, thank you for what you said because that there's no bad guy, there's no yeah, good guy. Yeah. Although maybe some people do feel that. I, I think some people are very mad at her and exasperated with her, and other people are much more mad at him and uh, whatever. Uh, um, so that's up to the audience. But from an acting standpoint, I just um, played her from her point of view. You know who I didn't like? I didn't like the other woman. I didn't like what she said. <laughs> when she goes, you know, I thought there were three unhappy people. Now there's only one. Ooh. <laughs> Ooh, I hated that. <laughs> um, what uh, uh, about uh, Josh O'Connor? Um, you know, he's, he's also terrific in the film. And 
obviously a very different dynamic with, with you and Josh than you have with Bill. So what was it like with Josh? He's a great guy. And right when we were making the film, he got he got um, his big part in The Crown. He plays Prince Philip. And wow. Not Prince Philip, Prince Charles. Sorry, Prince Charles. <laughs> Sorry, <laughs> Prince Charles in The Crown. Uh, no, he's a lovely guy. And I think that because he was playing Bill Nicholson, he's playing basically that role. And I, I know it's very... It's uh, when I see the film, I always really feel for him because he's in this terrible position. And I know that Bill Nicholson very much wanted to write about that. He wanted to write about, you see films about divorce with little children or younger children, but what happens when you're an adult and yeah. your parents divorce? And how does that affect us? And uh, it, was, it was very profound. It had a big effect on Bill, obviously Bill Nicholson. So he... He really wanted to write about that, and I think you can really see it in the way that Bill uh, the way that Josh listens and takes in what's going on, and you really feel for him. And of course, the character I play really does the thing you're not supposed to do. Well, I guess they both sort of do. Both of the parents, they uh, use him in a way oh, that yeah. is so excruciating to watch. I know it is for me. Because you want to say no, don't do that to him. It's not his fault, and That's you shouldn't fault. you shouldn't pull him in like that. Yeah. But this is what happens, and a lot of people do this. Uh, the I was going to ask. I think I kind of know the answer to this one about uh, what was the hardest scene to film, but then I sort of was I was thinking that through. What was the harder scene for Bill Nicholson to shoot as a director because it was based on him? on his own experiences? Like, where, was there a scene that you were filming where you noticed that he was getting emotional? Oh, that's a good question. Um, I, I think that there were moments that he became emotional when something surprising got him. Or maybe one of us did something that was surprising, that we didn't plan, uh -huh. which is the best thing that can happen when you're shooting and it's a, a difficult thing. To, you can't make that happen. It's like when you when you try to make something that's unorganized, you know, and in a way that is the task, because in life, of course, these moments aren't organized, and the way that emotion happens, and the way that we say what we say to each other is, is unexpected. Mm -hmm. But of course, when you're shooting something, you do know what you do know what you're going to say. So if there can be an a, a moment that is unexpected that just sort of flashes up, that is um, very, very valuable. So I think that happened to him. I think he got him a few times when we would just do a take and then some suddenly something would happen that wasn't expected and it would get him. Uh, I, where you shot this film was, was beautiful. <laughs> and it's interesting because it's such a stark contrast to the heartache that's going on uh, with this family. Uh, where did you shoot? <laughs> So we shot the exteriors, uh, the cliffs and all the stuff by the water in Seaford, which is in the very south of, um, of England. Um, and then we, they, they actually built the house, the house, the interior of the house. I know when I see it, I still can't even believe it. It looks so real. And I hate to even say this because it completely spoils it, but <laughs> the interiors, it was built and we shot it in Leeds in the north in Yorkshire. Um, in literally a warehouse kind of, it wasn't even a sound stage. Yeah, they were like doing stuff over there with forklifts, like 
right <laughs> over there. But where we were, we, they built the entire interior of the house. So we, we were there for a number of weeks um, in Leeds, in Yorkshire, because we, and we did some exteriors up there as well. Uh, because we were able to get some of our funding from them, from that part of, of England. So that's why, yeah, that's why we were there. <laughs> I want to open up to, to the audience for a couple of questions. But before I do, real fast, uh, what happens to Grace? What do you think happens to Grace after she drives home? Well, in one scenario, she's on her own and quite good with it. In another scenario, she meets someone and she ends up having another relationship that makes her very happy. I think in real life, her, her, his mother sort of didn't really get over it, um, sadly. But something interesting that I like to tell people, because I found this interesting. So his parents never technically divorced. You know, she said, you cannot divorce. Once you marry in the Catholic Church, she was Catholic, she believed you cannot, no matter what happens on paper, you are never divorced. Wow. And he did not divorce her. And he also supported her financially for the rest of her life. She died before he did. She died in her 80s. And when she died, Bill Nicholson called his dad to say, well, she's died, mm -hmm. and he was very, you know, very nice about it and very polite. And then about two weeks later, his father called him and said, well, I've married the other woman. So he stayed with the other woman uh -huh. that he had fallen in love with. They were together then the rest of their lives, and they married wow. then when they were in their 80s, I guess it was, wow. which Amazing. I found really kind of interesting. Uh, Yes, you first. Nice and loud, please. Um, how do you think um, Grace's brokenness and her irrationality um, uh, embraced poetry, and how did you connect to it as an actor? The, he was asking about how did Grace embrace the poetry. I mean, I, I thought it was um, an incredibly important part of who she was, and I just totally accepted it, and, as I, got, and I, I got way into all of that reading which was a re really a pleasure, obviously. <laughs> um, all, all of the stuff that she read and the poets that she read, and I found out about all of the individuals that she, that she uh, was particularly connected to. So that was just a joy for me personally, just to steep myself in all of those poets. And um, I think she was someone who did connect to the that form of writing, that abstract kind of narrative or however you want to discuss poetry, that it was something that really spoke to her. And I thought that was kind of brave of Bill Nicholson to write about that because how many people write about that kind of person nowadays, that kind of literary, you know, that person, a lover of poetry. So, so thank you for noticing that. Uh, since you're sitting in the front row, your accent uh, was so spot on. What, what did you do to get it so right? I was quite amazed, actually. Thank you. Um, I, I, yeah, we all, all of us as actors, we learn, we w work on these accents from when I was in acting school, and I've done it before. But I, I had an act, I had a, a dialect coach, and I got there early and worked with her 
And that was something that was very important to me. And I, d I didn't have her on the set with me, although that sometimes can be very helpful. And I've done that too. And in England, because they're so used to it there, and they all do so many accents all the time, it's, it's very much considered normal um, that people are working on them and having their coaches around and everything. So I worked with someone a lot. And then when we eventually shot it, I didn't have anybody on the set with me. But I told my comrades, I, you know, please tell me if something sounds wrong. And I tried to depend on them. And then I also felt, well, if something wasn't right, I could fix it. But thank you. I'm, I'm glad you liked it. Question right there. Nice and loud, please. Uh, so uh, a question about uh, the poetry was clearly a spiritual gift that got her through. The, the religion, it could have been a prison, or it could have been also a foundation and freedom. Um, how did you interpret that in the film? Interpreting the religion in the film. OK, yeah. Wow, that's a really beautiful way of putting it. I'm, it's probably a bit of both for her, both a prison and something that liberates her, um, I guess I would say. I, I think from her point of view, it is something that she felt very deeply. That's also just based on what Bill Nicholson had told me about her, about his own mother, that her faith was very deep and that she did feel liberated by it and that she felt this deep connection to God and um, that particular um, point of view on God. So I, I do think that it was, that she was someone who had a very, very deep and uh, profound faith that she, that was not really shaken by her experience, but, but deepened by it. Thank you. Uh, yes, you. And Another question by a comment. I go to the movies all the time, and I have to tell you, Miss Benning, there were two scenes that your character played in the movie with her son that absolutely blew me away. Unbelievable. I have to just give you kudos. The scene where he's discussing with you, please let me know before you end your life if you choose to, so that I don't have a surprise, I felt like I was right there with you. It was the most beautifully acted scene that I can think of in years of seeing films. And there was another one with you and him as well. But I just want to tell you what joy to see such beautiful art in play and kudos to you. Thank you. Thank you. Let's get a question right here. Yes. Okay. Uh, first, uh, follow up on that first question. You talked about the poets uh, that the uh, character enjoyed. Is there a poet that you particularly enjoy? And then a personal question as another San Francisco State alum. Um, what kind of, you know, you talk about the, the personal growth at the Kennedy Master. What kind of personal growth happened during those years at San Francisco State? So question was, who's your favorite poet, right? Second is, what kind of growth did you do at San Francisco State? There you go. <laughs> Thank you very much. Well, my, my oldest is a poet, so um, let's see. My favorite poets, well, Shakespeare, if I may. Um, I really love Mary Oliver. She's one of my favorites. I love her work. 
Um, and I did go to San Francisco State. <laughs> I was very lucky. I went to community college first in San Diego. Um, I'm very proud of that. Um, it was literally a dollar a unit when I went to. Wow. And by the way, we're going back to that now. We're going back to free community college, which yeah. we should. So yay for that. Not to get political or anything. <laughs> I won't do that. Uh, so then I went to San Francisco State. I, it was a great experience for me because they had a very good, and I think they still do, active theater department. Quite a big theater department with lots going on. Main stage productions as well as lots of student-generated productions. I uh, had some great teachers there, great professors that meant a lot to me. I feel very, very lucky to have gone there. And it was also the other classes that I took. Uh, I took a literature and psychology class where we were reading James Joyce and Freud by this brilliant professor. Um, the history courses that I took, uh, the dance courses, the um, psychology. Um, I just feel very, very lucky. I got a very w wonderful education there. And it was an incredible time to live there. I moved there in 1978. That was the fall when, I mean, some very horrible things happened as well. That was the fall when George Moscone and Harvey Milk were killed by Dan White. Uh, Diane Feinstein became mayor. Uh, but it was also a great time in San Francisco. It was a time before AIDS when everybody, it was a time of incredible tolerance and openness. And it is a very liberal city and I'm good with that. <laughs> uh, it was incredible, you know, as I said, everyone was sort of accepted there. There's an incredible mix of people. So I loved it. I felt really lucky that I got to go there. It was a wonderful time for me. Okay, so two requests. One, if you could please stay seated while we exit. Second is, now that you've seen the film, got to spread the word. And how do, you, how do you do that these days? You go on social media. So go on Twitter, go on Facebook, go on Instagram. You in the back, if you're still using MySpace, that is totally fine. Please spread the word about Hope Gap, ladies and gentlemen. Thank Annette you. Benning. Thank you. Thanks, everybody. Thanks for listening to the Landmark Theatre's Q&A podcast. If you want to hear more conversations with filmmakers about the latest independent, foreign, and documentary films opening at Landmark Theatres, be sure to subscribe on your favorite podcast app or visit our podcast website at landmarktheaters.podbean.com. You can also check out our YouTube channel for videos of Q&As and other exclusive content. See you next time.